It doesn't matter because at the moment I'm getting paid for it. I mean, let's change the subject in any way. Let's change the subject. But um, Emma and I have just been out for a walk and I've just stroked a dog called Carlos. Uh, There's a story in there. And um, I think I'm having a minor allergic reaction to him. Oh, shit. Are you okay? I'm absolutely fine. It's just tingly. Your voice sounds like it's like a little bit hoarse as well. Are you are you okay? I'm absolutely fine. Okay. Well, when you think about it, a dog is a little bit hoarse, so it makes sense. Well, <laughs> <laughs> a dog a dog is just a little horse, yeah. Yeah, we'll just keep it. Uh... This podcast by Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep a quick eye on that one for uh, for Ed's medical sake. But anyway. How the fuck? Right, Tom, did you it? dial nine nine, and then when Ed collapses, hit the third nine. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Are we expecting Sam today? Yeah, I thought we were. I thought so as well, but I guess he's too busy for our shenanigans. I'll tell. I'll he's tell gonna, you guys this because I know. He's gonna that... come back in, and he's like, guys, huge news from the vets. There's a fucking full blown. Like Cujo, the dog type situation unfolding in Sheffield right now, but the dog's called Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> so I will tell you guys this. And so Sam, bless him, you know, he was uh, working in the office yesterday morning. Yeah, yeah. He, he stayed at work till yesterday evening to do an x ray of my parents' dog because he didn't trust. Oh. There he is. What a fucking trooper. What a fucking... The absolute, <laughs> the absolute legend that is Samuel John Longdon. He's uh, currently putting us in the spin hey. cycle. Hey, there's his beautiful face. I've just, I'm currently playing a game of football manager and I've just scored a quite unbelievable strike to make it 4-2 against Grimsby. Just pulling back the curtain a little bit. It doesn't get sweeter than that. Is this this how seriously you take this? This endeavour? Well, if I'm honest, we're not recording the podcast right now, are we? I mean, some bits of it can get, like, splat. (laughs) I'll just have to trim most of it, but it's fine. We'll leave that in, and then uh, when you make a gaff later on, like picking Kadarius Tony or whatever, then... I would never do that. (laughs) I tell you what, I tell you what. He's come up good, and there was no way Sam was missing today. There was no way in hell Sam was missing today. Hello, 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 and welcome to Stiff Up A Lip Podcast, the NFL podcast by Brit. We are in partnership with Gridiron Extra, and we are returning for our third season. So yeah, on we begin with me, Ed. Me, Emma. I'm Sam. I'm Max Saito. And I'm Tom. So the bloody Giants won, eh? Oh, what a fucking win! <laughs> it's fucking fine. Reason. I'll just turn him up, Ed. It's fine. I can manually <laughs> control everyone's volumes. What a time yeah, to be alive! Turn this motherfucker up because <laughs> his American football team have given him something to smile about for the first time in nine years. I mean, mean, you're not wrong. All you have to do is wait until your standards got beaten down to the point where winning this game. (laughs) Yeah, winning this game against the toothless Saints offense is height of height. 
Well, there was a lot of positives to take from it. Like, oh, a lot. Yeah. I mean, like everything that you had some doubts about, there was something that as like assuaged those doubts, right? So, obviously, Daniel Jones has been playing probably the best run of games in his career. Like we said, Kadarius Tony's um, got a nasty cut. I mean, and I don't mean like a physical. Like wound. I mean, his his ability to his, his ability to put his foot in the ground um, and just like change direction is is pretty remarkable. And I think probably most importantly of all, um, Saquon Barkley is yeah he, yeah, he just grew into the game, didn't he? I take personal credit for turning the, this game around for the Giants because about midway through the second quarter, I posted to the group chat, "Has <laughs> when will Saquon ever recover that last burst of agility?" <laughs> and then he recovered it there and then. <laughs> yeah, it was. He scored it, a touchdown on that on that possession. <laughs> it did literally feel like within the first thirty seconds as well. If you take it, was like it couldn't have been more freezing cold if you'd tried. You left that take up on Mount Everest, sunshine. <laughs> it was weird because the Giants came into this missing like all of their best receiving options. So they were kind of forced to go with Tony. They were kind of forced to go with... I mean, for Christ's sake, John Ross scored a touchdown. John Ross! The <laughs> odd beauty, which he then fumbled but then recovered in the end zone. John Ross is going to have his first breakout season in five years, guys. Believe me, <laughs> oh, it just the yeah. There was so much to be happy about. Uh, the offensive line wasn't great again, but Andrew Thomas was very good. No, so, he, Max, he was. No, Max, he was. <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one is more surprised than me. He was. Well, hats yeah. off to him. Yeah, um, but yeah, say it fucking Nigoladay got like 120 yards in this game. It like Darius Tony didn't look like a you know useless club beating his ass off about nothing. I uh, fucking Daniel Jones, his first 400 yard game. Hooray! Yeah, baby, he he did it. Competency has reached the the, the Meadowlands. I I think this is I think it'd be hard to imagine at least offensively bar the line. I think this is like Joe Judge's dream for it to all work this well, taking the Saints to overtime. <laughs> 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 But it, it's, I, don't, I don't care. Dan, Daniel Jones has been so good. He's I, been he's played mistake free football, which I mean, is, he got an inception this game, but it was it was on a hail mary at the end of the yeah, half, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, so it, there was there was no you know you know there would have been no point not just chucking it up. Exactly. No classic <laughs> Daniel Jones clowning around. There's been like two years now where people said, well, if Daniel Jones can cut the turnovers out of his game, then, yeah, hello. But for, for a second there, it was looking like, uh, it's like asking James Winston to cut the turnovers out of his game. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
<laughs> in a match between Jameis Winston one and prospective Jameis Winston two, <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I think I think that I have been really impressed with Daniel Jones over the last um, three games now, and there's an uptick. They, there's, I don't think they're gonna go on an eight-game winning streak. But no. it was it was a wasteland after, especially after that game against Washington. Like <laughs> there was no hope to be seen for New York. But <laughs> now there's a, yeah. a tiny shred of hope. And my god, I mean, it's like it's like you're trying to start a fire, right? And you've been going for six hours in the middle of the Siberian permafrost, and you've got a tiny spark going, <laughs> and you've got your whole body laid on on top of the fire, desperately trying to protect it from the cold winds of the New York press. That's that's basically what's <laughs> happening. Just to uh, John Mar- just to quickly those, have a oh. I was I gonna would... say those trash cans John Mara knocked over MVP season season MVP team MVP instrumental in turning around their fortunes, hopefully. <laughs> exactly. They're the they're the they're the sports team uh who have benefited the second most from use of trash cans in the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will say this. Do you think there's a team in football right now that has suffered more artificial adversity than the Giants have? The Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> forget I said anything. It's a fair comment. Um, um, should we Should we flip it over and talk Saints for just well, a moment? In fact, does Scorm want to give us the score before we? Uh... Um, I think it was like twenty-seven, twenty-one, wasn't it? I did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when it's like a sudden death overtime touchdowns, you just get the six and walk off, don't you? Yeah, you don't bother with the extra point. <laughs> it would be very much salting the wounds and the other team, like, <laughs> you're staying out. Yeah. We're going to go for two. <laughs> directly at Sean Payton. <laughs> We're going for the old AAF or XFL three pointer. <laughs> The uh, the same. Some of the some of the tackling was so bad. Like I know we're getting onto the Saints, but that fucking Taysom Hill touchdown, he breaks through about seven guys, was painful to watch. I imagine that he literally pre-game just like slathers himself in margarine, just like. Like where's Taysom? He's like, oh. he's like, he's like a Perro. <laughs> sleeps in like a big kind of hammock okay. of baby oil, <laughs> like a a cocoon of it, and then yeah. he's like the the of mice and men guy that wore that Vaseline glove, but it's for his whole body. <laughs> well, Kaylee's fucking glove. <laughs> uh, speaking of Saints quarterbacks who played. Sort of weird football. Jameis Winston had his first uh, over 150 yards game. Basically, didn't turn into anything of note. Um, the the Saints are in a sort of weird point in this game. I thought, which was that they they seem to be doing everything right in the box score except actually put the ball into the end zone. So, I mean. I'm going to give the Giants credit for winning here, but, like, on another day, I feel like this Saints offense could have easily racked up, like, 35 points. It just seemed like they did everything right, bar 
scoring the final five yards that they needed on the drive every time, bar the Taysom Hill touchdowns. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to like knock down the narrative that we've been so carefully curating so far in this bit, but like, if the Saints had like their, I mean, they've got some really key injuries on the defensive side. If they didn't have those, there's every chance they could have. They could have held on to this one, but um, I don't know. Both teams are probably going to be about the same come the end of the season. I think very similarly about both of these teams, but yeah, the Giants definitely went up in my estimations, and the the Saints are kind of who they are. Sean Payton just needs to let Jameis Winston be Jameis. Like, like yeah, you sign Jameis, you know what you're going to get. Just let him do it. Yeah, <laughs> Stifling Jameis might be the worst thing Sean Payton's ever done. Take, take the governor off Jameis. Let's go. Yeah, it's like it's like if a footballer has a ship left foot. I'm like, well, we've taken away his foot. <laughs> only success. Go <laughs> on, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, Sean. Let's get to it. All right, let's move on. Um, we didn't cover Thursday night football. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in a twenty-four to twenty-one game. Um, it was actually surprisingly way better than I was expecting yeah. this Thursday night football game. It's weirdly like the Thursday night games have been on paper a load of horse shit, and then you actually get into watching the games and they've been pretty, pretty good. The Bengals three and one right now. Jags zero and four. We'll come onto those just slightly later. The, um, the Bengals might be the biggest illusion in the league though, because I don't think there's. I mean, what I saw was. Yeah, you guys are right. The quarterbacking was absolutely the headline of this game. But um, I don't think either team are going to hold up to the test against Stern or opposition, right? I mean, I think the Bengals did what all good teams do, which is sort of like learn. Like they were getting beaten early and then they found a way to just take control of the game. Like, and that's the mark of a good side for me. And I, I, I do, I think this Bengals team maybe won't make the playoffs or maybe won't make a deep playoff run, but I think they're, they're a berserker. They will, they will destroy someone else's chances. I don't know how far they can get with Zach Taylor, though. Yeah, that's my like, sort of they've got, some, point. they've got some talent, but they don't have an identity on either side of the ball to yeah. me. The, one like, thing the, the only thing I would say is, um, talking of green shoots of hope, this. Um, and and broken narratives actually. I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is looking like a great combination, and the Bengals got a great game out of CJ Uzama and Tyler Boyd as well. Uh, Tyler Boyd as well, yeah. Even though T Higgins is hurt, they're looking like a pretty good passing attack. Joe Mixon's injured, isn't he at the moment? He's got a day to day injury, but I think because shall we shall we talk about the main topic about these teams, which is actually not related to this game because. Well, let, I, I let's go on. Inspiring me. <laughs> <laughs> have we have we given the score for this one? Have we? Well, it finished we up. Given... Tw- it finished up twenty four to twenty one Bengals. As, yeah, as Tom said, it was a twenty four twenty one romp. But yeah, Did I say I think, that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm paraphrasing, but as Tom said, these Bengals are a, a tasty dish. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Talking of tasty dishes, Urban Meyer got <laughs> <laughs> I I retract my statement immediately. 
<laughs> Fucking Urban Meyer. <laughs> take that back. I take it back. Um, Urban Meyer. Oh man, he is. It's just. It's just fucking every week for this guy. He's, I, I'm beginning to think he might be a man of questionable repute. There, I said it. <laughs> well, you uh, mean to tell me? You mean to tell me that Urban Meyer is not a man with the statesmanliness, <laughs> statesmanliness say, of a Ron Rivera? Fuck it, Al. I don't want to do it, but I sort of have to. I'm sorry. Ron well, Rivera like should be the see. senator of Washington. <laughs> Fucking you pisshead. Anyway, yeah. Like a northern John Urban Meyer. <laughs> Urban Meyer is behaving like an actual senator. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's built for it. <laughs> yeah, the I video know. is I think, so um, awkward, though. Has anyone seen it? Like... Yeah. The alternate angle, the reverse angle is the bad one. I don't need to see that. None of us need to see that. It's all the bad one. You don't need to see the reverse angle, believe you me. (laughs) It doesn't look quite so bad from the bird's eye angle. (laughs) You can't really see anything wrong. (laughs) No, honestly, honestly, like, after this, go away and just, like, look at what, look up alternate angle and you'll see what I mean, but... What have we got? Like instant replay on an Urban Meyer's fucking shumbling. So from the from the first angle, it was like, oh, it's like they're how would you like to put this? They're closely dancing together. But then on the reverse angle, his oh, I don't oh, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. He's Let's got, just he's doing some he's playing the piano it, back there. If it's not yeah, if it's not consensual, then it's sexual assault. I'll just throw it out there. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't think there was any question. Well, I don't know to be fair. Like, I don't know. That's that's a whole different thing that I probably wouldn't want to cast aspersions on. Fine, get that night vision camera on that shit. I just don't think it was a good idea for him to do that. <laughs> like, it, here we you see you what like, oh, it's okay. Nobody in this bar will know who I am. Well, he's a very unassuming guy. Yeah, I mean, he's only one. Like, apart from the two, fact that he looks like every three region. national championships. NFL head coach. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, should we move on? Do you remember, like that, do you remember that video in... where the ferret turns around really quickly? Yeah, dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah right. that's the one. That that chipmunk looks Fairy. a little bit like Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> they are who we thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Get off the mat, young man. Come on. Zach Wilson, <laughs> Wilson this game through one of the best passes of the weekend on that touchdown. It's true. Oh, it was Corey an Davis absolute peach. It was a beaut. Yeah. Yeah. The Corey Davis oh. revenge game. Yeah. I, I just fucking sprints over to the other side of the field and like, oh. Oh, like out of by your. <laughs> I mean, I have often, I have often said that Corey Davis is the Emmanuel Adebayor of the NFL. Yeah, and I've often said that Mike Vrabel is the Tim Sherwood of the NFL. <laughs> no, I think um, honestly, I really was impressed by uh, Zach Wilson and the the Jets' defense really impressed me as well. They played really. I think Sal uh, Sal's got them playing some technically sound ball, like. Although Derek Henry had 157 rushing yards, I mean, they didn't really let him, like, 
grind them down as the game went on. They were still getting to the point of contact. They were still really sound technically in terms of tackling him. And they limited Tannehill to under 300 yards on 49 pass attempts. Well, what I want to talk about just quickly about this Jets defensive performance is just how pressured Tannehill was. I think that they are the first team in the NFL this season where at least six players have registered six pressures on on a quarterback. That's a lot of pressure right there. Yeah, the Titans' offensive line has got like... like, Taylor Lewan used to be considered like a really good lineman, but... Well, oh, no, he's, he's out. But... Walked him around. Is he out? Yeah, he's but, he's, mean... he's been injured since he pulled up in like week two off the field. One of the one of the biggest issues for Tennessee in this game was the fact that they lost their center quite early. Mm. Which meant and that you got, have... you got big Q powering up the middle and you've got no center to protect your quarterback. It's bad news. We should probably say as well that they were missing Julio Jones and, and AJ Brown for this game. Which is going to be a huge loss to any team, obviously. But mm-hmm. don't know they hadn't traded away Corey Corey Davis or Lane Walker. <laughs> I still Max, think. Remember, remember a few weeks ago when I was crowing about how good the um, Jets lineman Jonathan Franklin Myers was. Oh, I was going to say. I thought you were just going to talk about how you crowing about the Jets' interior defensive line because they, you've always been crowing about them for like yeah. a year now. <laughs> I, I will. I will stand on that. I'll put a hat on a hat and say that it's been a long time coming, <laughs> but I can finally be proud of that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I think the, the Jets, um, well, you know what I, they always say about Ryan Tannehill, if you um, get pressure up the middle on him, then he does get affected by it. So, to me, I think the Jets, yeah, I mean, the, the Titans will come away and say, like, oh, we were missing a bunch of our best offensive players, and that's fine. But the Jets showed, I mean, it was it's one thing to win the game, but even if they lost this game, I think they still would have been pretty pleased with just the amount of progress compared to the first three weeks. It looks like it looks like they're starting to get some buy-in and it looks like they're starting to work things out. Alright, because oh, I'm scared because I'm conscious of how many games we've got to get through and as much okay. as I'm happy for the Jets, I'm I'm still reluctant to put anything major on them right now. Let's move over to a, you wanna do a speed round? Let's do a Hit let's do a, let's do a little bit of a speed round and get the first one out of the way Colts 27, Dolphins 17, Jacoby Brissett held, Carson Wentz felled by his bad <laughs> ankles. It turns out neither of these teams are very good, but the Colts are better than uh, hapless, offensively ravaged Dolphins. Anyone yeah, the wanted... Colts absolutely needed this one, otherwise their season was done. Um, and they still didn't really look good, like... They kind of won because someone had to win, and they didn't really, they couldn't really tie. Um, the Super Bowl hopeful Colts. <laughs> Look, we already, we already <laughs> talked about this last week. I know. I'm, just I'm off. I'm off the train. Yeah, like the, I mean, the I, the only thing I would say for the Colts is that, um, for the first time this season, Jonathan Taylor got some got some good run and he had some nice pop but at times a bit of burst shout out so, to Jonathan Taylor who uh, midweek me and Ed divided, uh, well, devised the trade of uh, Jamar Chase for Jonathan Taylor I sent Jonathan Taylor away after having him do basically nothing all season fantasy wise and then he pops a big one and uh, Ed did you secure really? did you secure the win on that on that, on that trade I did yeah fantastic yeah. lovely stuff anyway 
Anyone got anything to add? Wasn't Jonathan Taylor question questionable? Yep. Yep. Huh. Every single one of my I had Dalvin, I had Josh Jacobs, and I had uh, Jonathan Taylor, and they were all questionable. <laughs> okay. Bears twenty four, Lions fourteen. The Lions fall completely winless. Bears get themselves back to five hundred. The the main uh, thing about this game for me is that Justin Fields, when he was allowed to do so, was able to throw deep and open up this Lions team, which, outside of maybe the front, is not very good right now. Um, they lost Romeo Bacquara in this game as well. Yeah. Um, but the, the big kicker for me is that Matt Nagy... Uh, has said that when healthy Andy Dalton is still their starter and I just have to think at what point does Matt Nagy get fired for just blindness at this point just chatting bollocks just (laughs) it's objectively like there's a there's a whole thing right now of like do you remember um, in Adam Gase's final year where it was oh uh, are you calling the plays or is it the offensive coordinator who's doing it and like the Jets won a couple games and they looked frisky and then Adam Gase starts calling the plays again and they grind to like 14 total yards for an entire half they surrender the play calling again and Adam Gase is promptly fired Matt Nagy is currently fielding those same questions about Bill Lazor right now (laughs) he's on yeah the Lazor show I think we got a bit of the Lazor show in this one and it was a beautiful sight Justin Fields had a throw to the right-hand sideline. Um, I think beat double coverage. Um, it was perfectly placed. So that alone was worth the price of admission, I suppose you could say. No, that alone was an improvement on last week. Yeah. And um, yeah, the the Bears' defense is, I don't know, it's been a spectacular run, really. Like the thing, They've the lost, thing they lost parts, but they're, they're still looking like a top three defense for sure. The thing that impressed me about Justin Fields wasn't his deep passing. It was sort of like mid-passing because that's not... Like, deep can be your first read, but mid-pass, mid-range passing is never your first read. So it was exciting to see him make some of those, like, you know, sort of like mid-outs, that kind of thing. Like, I came away very impressed by this, but I came, I came away so just upset with Detroit because once again, they're in danger of offering their fans nothing. Well, there was a moment of uh, pure joy for all 31 other fan bases, and probably most of the Lions fan base, as uh, Jared Goff gets our our interception of the week, where it actually bounces off of him on the on the snap, flips over the offensive line, and is picked off by um, Bilal Nichols. Yeah, Bilal Nichols getting the interception mm-hmm. there, but. Uh, or I think it might go down as like a fumble recovery. Whatever it is, it was beautiful. It's so very Detroit Lions. And uh, finally, just to briefly touch on more Bears, David Montgomery is looking to miss five to six weeks. Uh, and Damian Williams had uh, a, a confused thigh coming out of it. So let's uh, <laughs> let's monitor that running back situation. Anyway, let's move on to... Um, I mean, I guess if we're going to talk about games that had absolutely nothing of note happen in them, Browns 14, Vikings 7. Ed, take us away. I don't really want to. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it was one of the dampest games that you will ever see. Um, 
My biggest takeaway from this, actually, is this is the first game where Baker Mayfield has actively stunk. Like this game could be, this game could have been out of sight if Baker had a good game. I wouldn't say first game, but it's definitely the first one since he's started becoming really good again. Like he had a great start to the season, and to see him like go back to the beginning of last season, um, in terms of his sort of throwing motions and throwing accuracy, I wonder if the dislocated shoulder is playing a part. Um, It was his opposite shoulder. Yeah, I know it was, but wasn't it? Yeah. But like it's all balance. Isn't it? like, it's like it's balance. Like. It's your me- like the mentality as well. Like if you know that your shoulders out, I know that they were playing Houston, um, and then the Bears last week and whatnot. And it's like, all right, fair enough. Like they, it's going to be a little bit rushed. But um, I wonder if it just did sort of slightly play on his mind a little bit. The throw to Odell Beckham Jr. on the right hand side was um, was the sort of moment that that really highlighted his, his foibles. But the good thing is, um, for Browns fans, is that Baker Mayfield came out after the game and, and owned up to his mistakes. He owned up to the fact that it was on him. And, you know, you you do sort of want to see that out of your signal caller when uh, when things are going wrong. And, you know, I'm not exactly Baker Mayfield's biggest fan for his uh, dubious amounts of adverts in every single week. But... Um, I'm 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 happy to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Some you guys are the only one of the four of us who owns a signed Baker Mayfield photo, though. I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't think I know where that is. Do you still have it? Yeah, we've still got it. Yeah, so technically, it's not in my ownership yet, and you could shove it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for Minnesota, there are negatives that I will go on to, but I do just want to talk about a positive first, which is I am finally happy we have a pass rush again. Like, Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter are back. And it is lovely to see. Um, that said, there were a lot of, a lot of bad plays on all, on all levels of this game. Like, people can talk about the fact that there was uh, a holding call, like a non-called hold on Adam Thielen at the end, but the Vikings didn't deserve to win this, so I'm not fussed about that at all. Um, just mistakes from players who should have known better. That's the problem, really. And, like, Justin Jefferson had another good game. Like, Justin Jefferson hasn't played badly at all. But, like, we just stunk. We just stunk. There's no other way to say it. I I mean, at least you've got a, a gimme next week. Yeah, you say that, but if anyone can lose that, it's us. We can, we can lose that. We can lose that by two points and still have a positive points differential. So we probably I mean, will. After, if if you manage to to sink against the Lions, you've got a rough, rough November. <laughs> I've never got an F F thirty three ever again. If we lose to the Detroit Lions <laughs> next week, <laughs> okay. Next, the Browns have. I just wanted to hit one thing. Actually, okay, before we move on, um, the Browns have two of my favorite things to watch, uh, in football, which is. A dominant pass rush, like Miles Garrett right now isn't getting a lot of sacks, but he's just like I don't know, he's just like a bit of a freak of nature, right? Like, yeah. Didn't he have four I mean, and a half last week? Oh yeah, but I mean in this game. <laughs> <laughs> like, although He's not getting like, enough sacks, but he did break a franchise record literally a week ago. They only sacked Kirk a few times, whereas like we I going in I thought he'd get because Kirk kind of manufactures he he holds on to the ball for too long, but 
in this game, he was under so much pressure, he had to get rid of it, and that really hindered the Vikings. I mean, he was just given the left tackle an absolute ride. And, um, something like, yeah, 22 pressures on 33 drawbacks or something ridiculous. Exactly. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. And um, the, the run game as well, they've got the best uh, one-two punch in the NFL, for sure. Yeah, I it's mean, almost like beating a dead horse by saying that Hunt and Chubb are the best one-two, but, like, you just have to keep reiterating it. It is objectively, like one of the greatest combos that we've ever seen for, like, running backs. To the point where, even if it looks like Chubb's having a down game, even though he's, like, probably the number one, like, Hunt is there to immediately pick up all of the slack. It's great. It's great viewing. It's the Sutton and Shearer of the NFL. (laughs) You know, I think it might genuinely be. I think it's the first time that we've been able to make a Blackburn Rovers reference. Hooray! (laughs) All right. Let's take us down to another game where we learned absolutely nothing but got to watch some beautiful football played by one team. Buffalo 40, Houston nothing. Um, Josh Allen played like Josh Allen does. Devin Singletary had a good game. Zach Moss had a pretty good game. Diggs had a great game. What else do you really need to say apart from like the Texans are, are bad and we knew the that Texans they'd be are bad? So bad. Mitch Trubisky, Mitch fucking Trubisky scored on them. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean it was a rushing touchdown though, so that was his that was his bread and butter. To be fair, yeah. What I will say is, yeah, I mean the Bills didn't have to get out of second gear, but I mean they they say that like a mark of a good team is that you absolutely slap the bad teams around, and well they went seven they they com- scored a combined seventy five to zero against the. Brissett, that was the game where um, Tua got injured and and the fucking Davis Mills Texans. So there's certainly going to be sterner tests than that down the road. The Bills' defense, I think, is real. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing about the I'll, Bills is... Um, I'll withhold comment on the offense. <laughs> outside, of, outside of the game that I want to go to the next one, um, well, go to next, these guys... They are the ones that rack up the score in garbage time more than anyone, I think. Like, they don't take their foot off the gas against any bad team. Like, they do legitimately go out there to try and score 40 points, even if they... Like, they were obviously going to win anyway. The defense had held the Texans to absolutely nothing. But 21 points in the fourth quarter in a blowout? Come on, man. Give a guy Yeah, a break. I mean, they certainly pulled it, they pulled it on. And what I would say is that Although the Texans offered absolutely no offense whatsoever in the game, I think the Bills going into that fourth quarter, it was closer than it should have been simply because they weren't getting into the paint. Like, they kicked quite a few field goals when they really should have been scoring touchdowns. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, they were never, ever going to lose this game, were they? So, you can't overreact to anything that happened, but maybe something to keep an eye on their red zone offense. All right. Mitch got a touchdown. He did. Yeah. Anyway, how many drives? How many Buffalo drives didn't end in points? Uh, I assume that it's probably about the same number as uh, Vikings drives that ended in punts. <laughs> it's the same number as Houston drives that did end in points. <laughs> I didn't realize how soft the Brown schedule is. Like, I know they've got the Chiefs this week. I think they've got the Chargers as well, and Chargers and Raiders. Like we, we play the whole AFC West. Jaguars, Jets, Colts, Saints, Patriots, and then. You're not, are got... you not talking about the Browns, are you? Who are you talking about? Yeah, it's the Bills. 
see. I see. I got confused then. I was like, why don't we just go back to the Browns? Ah, that was drowned out by me just. <laughs> Alright. Through some statistical analysis. Should we do <laughs> one more game in the in the speed round? The Detritus window. <laughs> yeah, sure. Speaking of garbage time players, Jalen Hurts, I think, is the highest rated fantasy quarterback outside of Kyler Murray. And most of that is coming in garbage time against game well, in games like this. The Chiefs romped out I mean they were behind in the first quarter and like started the second but the moment that they turned the screw that was it uh, and the Eagles tacked on two extra garbage time touchdowns it ended up 42-30 to 30, but functionally it's like 42-16 to 16. have you ever have you ever seen a QB that where the eye test doesn't match the box score as much as Jalen Hurts <laughs> well this is what I mean like I think that you're overly harsh on Jalen Hurts, but I think you can both, you Absolutely. can, both statements can be true. Jalen Hurts is not as bad as you think, but Jalen Hurts is also being stat padded by garbage time. That's the thing. When you, when you, when every game you're in features a, a healthy amount of garbage time, you can really go nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think. What? Wasn't Devonta Smith basically like held under fifty yards, and then in the fourth quarter he's he suddenly ended up with a hundred and twenty-two, and I remembered basically none of them. Maybe Eagles. The Eagles okay, led. Very little for, like, this game. The Eagles led for like significant portion of the start of this game. Like they were going up and down the field. I mean, the Chiefs' defense is like, oh my god, it's like. Defcon, whichever one's the highest, I don't know. Like, it's time to panic for them because they can't stop the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles ended up kicking three field goals, and then you know when you the, you you leave points on the board, and then the Chiefs just like touchdown, touchdown, t- like they've like Tyreek Hill seventy yard touchdown, Tyreek Hill thirty five yard touchdown, Tyreek Hill twenty seven yard touchdown. <laughs> oh, the game's over. That's yeah. basically what it was in this game. Like the Eagles were always gonna. Well, maybe not all, but the, the Eagles were probably not a serious contender to win this game. I just think, I just think the Chiefs, to me, they got back on track, but they're they're looking at a stiff test in their division. Like, ooh, it's gonna be a tasty one when they play the Bills next week. I'll tell you that much. Like, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. But you're right, we we didn't learn much in this game. A word on Tyreek Hill. So, um, a friend of the show, Theo. Um, got the highest score this week in the fantasy league, despite oh, being on his bye. Because ah. <laughs> <laughs> Tyreek Hill going forty-seven points. Theo, we love you, but I think this happened to him last week, uh, last year as well. I think he was yeah, on a did. bye and he had like the best score out of everyone. Yeah. And he, I think he ended up missing the playoffs by one game as well. So Theo, I'm very sorry, but you've just this is history repeating itself it's art imitates life and history repeats itself and fantasy football never changes while we're on fantasy if anyone kiboshes my waiver grab for Cordrell Patterson I'm gonna be pissed (laughs) (laughs) Tom and Max aren't going anywhere near it Cordrell Patterson score a touchdown this year then (laughs) you know how it is with Steve Um, do you know what this game was this was like the ultimate uh, they are who we thought they were, game. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. So you're gonna have to give me more prep 
on that one. <laughs> if you're gonna sorry. start, if you're gonna my request mind's... a fucking soundboard or something, like, come on. My mind's going a mile a minute. If I don't, we I could just, all, if we could all message point. Tom, kind of any jokes that we'd like to make about a minute prior to. Yeah. I just wanted to um, just do one little bit of housekeeping before we move on. You know, Ed asked how many um, touchdowns or how many drives not ending in touchdowns that the Bills have. The answer is, at the start of the fourth quarter, they'd had eight possessions and only one ended in the touchdown. But listen to the end of this game, right? Bills, touchdown, Texans... Oh, no, sorry. Bills field goal, Texans punt. Bills touchdown, Texans fumble, Bills touchdown, Texans pick, Bills touchdown, Texans pick, end of game. <laughs> <laughs> right, just go home. Go home, Houston. Go home sounds and think like, about what you've done. <laughs> sounds like the Vikings down 40 at the Rams again. Sounds like the Wisconsin <laughs> Badgers losing to the Notre Dame fighting Irish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Let's move on to a game that probably come the end of the season won't have very much relevance but it was it was pretty fun to watch Atlanta Falcons 30 Washington football team 34 um Taylor Heineke and Matt Ryan putting on a little bit of a clinic here the one thing that I do just want to quickly touch upon in this game is I think that ref ball played a hand in this one more than people are going to remember um there was a, a, a pretty big sack on third down on Matt Ryan which then also ended up as a pick. They called him as a sack because his knee went down, and then they said that Chase Young had roughed the passer by hitting him in the helmet, but he'd hit him, like, in the shoulder, and it was a pretty weak hit. Like, he basically breathed on him. And Matt Ryan gets away with a pretty big, like, Jameis Winston-level interception where he just sort of falling on his... Like, falling backwards... Tosses up a prayer, forty yards, hoping that someone's going to come down with it. Um, he, he was on his knees, and it was almost like he threw it up as if he was just raging with the whole concept of the idea that this is what he had to do. Yeah, and it's like, and and it's almost as though the referees, it's like the referees legitimately were just like, Matt, we're going to give you a do over here because this is something that the guy over in New Orleans is going to be doing all year. So they just like <laughs> gave it back, and then the Falcons scored a touchdown at the end of it. Like it almost played a big hand in the final score, but the the WFT end up coming out with the win anyway. But Jesus Christ! I know that that was doubly cruel as well because when it when it was originally called a sack, yeah, that was Chase that was Chase Young's first sack of the season, and then they scrubbed it off. And I think that the guy that got the interception that was like ruled off was a guy that. Like coming into the year, hadn't played much anyway. I can't remember who it was that got the pick, but it was just some like random no name, and then they just wiped that away as well. So double double screwing over for everyone on the WFT stat sheet. But it was a weirdly fun game. This one, I felt. Yeah, they had the big uh, they had the big kickoff return touchdown, one hundred and two yards. I mean, the final like the the McKissick touchdown like. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those votes. Like, yeah, you really should have, you really should have just taken a knee and like kicked the chip shot field goal to win. But like, that's not what this game was about. It was about putting on a bit of a show, um, yeah. and and we did get one. Like, there was Cordero Patterson is, uh, who is a, a fan. I think he's declared as a running back in fantasy, but they've um, 
they're just getting the ball to him and he's just taking it into the end zone on like every third touch, which is probably not the most sustainable thing in the world, but um very, very yeah, enjoyable. Very fun to watch. Like Arthur Smith, Cordero Patterson, we always knew it was a match made in heaven, so good to see it comes to fruition. <laughs> and um yeah, Washington needed this game because if not they would have been two games off the Cowboys who are looking very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of. Speaking Can of. we pivot to the Cowboys now? Oh, is that an early window game? game? Well, <laughs> it wasn't the best game, but it was an entertaining one to watch. I, I think, I know that it's the Cowboys, and like, fuck the Cowboys and all that. But I, I, I think the Cowboys are really good guys. I think they're like yep. objectively really good. I mean. Dak didn't have to do much in this game. The defense played its part. Trayvon Diggs leads the league in interceptions. He has been an absolute world-like player. He has been phenomenal since coming into Dallas. And uh, imagine, dra- imagine drafting Jeff Gladney when st- Trayvon Diggs was still on the board. <laughs> you that, um, yeah, you're, you're right, absolutely. Because the Panthers coming into this had been like a really stout, defensive team and Dak had uh he had like a uh Jameis week one type week he had yeah it was 188 yards and four touchdowns four touchdowns exactly um like just very very efficient um and I think one of the big takeaways for me was when we're talking about running back to uh sort of rounding back into form Zeke Elliott today had just another gear that he hasn't had um, like Tony Pollard, there was a time there where Tony people were like, oh, Tony is Tony Pollard going to take over as the running back one? But I don't think that would ever work. I don't think he's he's not really like the feature guy. And in this one, they got Zeke into a rhythm. He had uh, twenty for one forty three and a touchdown. Like his average was seven point two, which there have been times in the last year or so where that's sort of unthinkable. Like, yeah, he would need to be going like five yards before getting contact to get that kind of yardage, but. Yeah, to me, he, he did look impressive, and that's worrying for the rest of the NFC East because once if teams are dedicating men into the box to try and stop the run, then the Cowboys have the weapons on the outside and indeed at tight end because Dalton Schultz is off to a flyer this season. He's probably a top five tight end, and yeah, they can not, take advantage of that for sure. And a, now that Mike saw. Nolan's gone and the defenders know what they're doing, it's uh, kind of significant. Saints game max but as a uh, patron of one of the nfc's teams worry is a thing of the past for the new york giants well what are you what have you what have replaced Who are you boys in blue <laughs> <laughs> um a kind of um jingoistic enthusiasm oh okay <laughs> Oh, I didn't expect it to be jingoistic. I mean, that's normally the Cowboys' domain, but... <laughs> no, do you know what hit me as I was watching this game, though? And it's not a football point at all, but how how little of the Cowboys' merchandising is actually Cowboy-themed? I know, it's Texas-themed. I would fucking cop some, like, actual, like, Cowboy, Cowboys merch. Well, like, big, <laughs> big... What's the guy's name? Texas Pete? Oh, I want. I want. Oh, I want to get a jersey with fringe. Oh, <laughs> can I get like a, 
a bolo tie with Jerry Jones' face on it. Like, made of, like, enamel turquoise. <laughs> I would pay so much money. <laughs> if, they, if they ever made such a beautiful piece of, of jewellery, I would simply do the Lil Uzi Vert thing and get it embedded into my forehead. Yeah. So every yeah. time I look in the mirror, I can be like, damn, that is one unbelievable piece of craftsmanship. Yeah, spurs for your cowboy boots made out of Splinters of Dax Shin. Uh-huh. <laughs> Daniel Jones, passing yards leader of the NFCs. Um, have, have you reached consensus? Me, yeah. We've had debates about Sam Darnold in the past, and I think Ed, are you prepared to come up to my level? Yeah. Um, I think at this point, I'm going to have to eat a, a barrel full of humble pie. Washed down with the serving of crow because I was wrong about Sam Donald. What do you mean? And I was. What? What you're you're saying you were wrong because he's good? Yes. He had two picks in this game that that basically ended the game for Carolina. No, but it, look, in <laughs> fairness, like the Cowboys, we've just spent ages just... arguing about how good Trayvon Diggs and the the Cowboys have been this year. Like look, they were going to lose this game anyway. Max, yeah, but I think I believe my bet was he'd be a CFL Hall of Fame QB. I think that we, I think that we can establish this ceiling maybe a little the thing higher. Is, the thing is, that's never going to happen because if he was that good in the CFL, he just rejoined the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Sam but no, honestly, the like the, I think with Sam Donald, if you went into this game and you were like, "I think Sam Donald's good," you're probably going to come away thinking, "Yeah, I still think he's pretty good." And if you went into this game thinking, uh, not convinced, you're probably still not going to be convinced it was that kind of game, right? Like, I, know, did have, more, I mean, I'm more convinced by his season performance. Like, everyone can have a bad game unless it's Jalen Hurts, in which case he can only have bad games. But, whoa, wrong. <laughs> Exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got to pick someone new to dislike. That's true, actually. <laughs> the moment that Donald got traded to the Panthers, you directed your attention elsewhere. <laughs> Because you knew what was going to come. Hurts. It was going to be Joe Brady reinvigorating the post-Gase, like... <laughs> oh, God. We'll see, let's That's not get carried away. It'll be easy to get carried away on Donald because he was simply so bad before. Like, let's, let's keep a frame of reference of the game of professional football in 2021. Is he a top 15 quarterback? He leads Maybe the NFL in Russian TDs, Max. Oh, good. not bad for a running back I suppose (laughs) (laughs) alright we're done with the early window let's uh, let's get into some more important football and um, I don't know do we want to save the hallmark or do we want to talk about something way more fun and way more exciting first let's let's do some speed round games here because Broncos Ravens is the speed run game because Teddy Bridgewater went out with a concussion Drew Locke came in as the second Drew, Le- Drew Locke steps on the field in any capacity, your game has entered the speedrun zone. Yeah, like, that's true, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the thing I wanted to talk about, it was Ravens 23, Broncos 7, of course. The thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, Jim Harbour trying his offense out on the last play of the game in order to have a rushing attempt <laughs> to try and pick up, like, they needed three yards so, to maintain their streak so of 100-yard-plus rushing games. The streak is like 
And the streak literally is... Um, I can't remember how long it's been since the Ravens didn't have a total 100 net rushing yards. But it, the only team that was better than them was the like all-time great 70s Steelers team. And Jim Harbaugh was just like, ah, fuck it. Go on, we'll just... Well, chuck him out. Like, three oh, seconds yeah. left in a blowout game against the Broncos. I respect the stat padding bit. It's so like, very Madden 22 of him. Like, people might be like, oh, records don't mean anything. Well, then, why are we bothering? Yeah, what's the point? Yeah, records it's are like, important. Yeah. It's the storytelling the of the like, game. <laughs> it's not like the only point in football is to win the Super Bowl. Like, that's the main goal. But, like, I don't know. Talk to... Calvin Johnson, right? Talk to Dan Marino, like, yeah. oh yeah, no one remembers them because they never won a Super Bowl. It's like, come on, man, it's yeah. it's respectable. And and Vic Fangio was like, well, I don't like it, and I can understand why you wouldn't like it because any play you run in the NFL, <laughs> you're risking players getting hurt, right? That's but they they didn't run up the gut; they ran like a a quarterback sweep, right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to run it sideways, and and Harbaugh said like, he's like, yeah, well. Uh, I don't really know what Vic's talking about. It's not like they were going for a 16-point touchdown the play before, right? So <laughs> it's, when you're playing for pride, you can, you can to me, you can be winning and you can still be playing for pride because that's a record to be proud of. So. Yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't even think you need to be playing for pride. Like, why not just play because it's an exciting spectacle? Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I mentioned it in the chat. And I think that it got like slightly skewed as though I was like bashing him for stat padding. No, I fucking enjoy stat padding. Like, run the fucker up. Like, I know that I said the exact same thing about the Bills, and I was like, "Oh, give them a chance." But that's because like the Texans are objectively horrendous. Like, come on, man. Is this a is this put them out of their misery? Are, are we are we doing a straw man at the moment? Does everyone respect this or like? Is it just? Yeah. I mean, I respect <laughs> it. Yeah, I, 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 I don't like, care. I don't care. The game was over. Why don't they just do it for the love of the game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this thing, right. like, the game was, if the game was on the line, then no one would be even questioning this as the right decision. It just, as soon as it, as soon as it reaches that event horizon that it doesn't matter, I also don't care. It was like, yeah, no, honestly, it was like, it, it was just like, it was, it was garbage time, but, so when, when people are still playing, like, to score in garbage time, that's fine, right? Why can't the team who's winning? <laughs> it's all they're trying to score touchdowns. And the other thing that I wanted to mention that was noteworthy in this game was Hollywood Brown caught a pass. And it was it was a good pa- it was a good a catch and it was a great pass. It was a, it was a good mm-hmm. passing game from the Ravens. Yeah, they didn't they didn't lean on they didn't really want to lean on the run in this one, which is why they didn't have like they they were committed to the pass and mm-hmm. it worked okay, which is. I mean, the, the the Broncos have a decent pass defense, but the one that, the one last thing I wanted to mention before we move on was that they're now down nine starters, I think, with injury. So that's a concern. Yeah, that three and one start for the three and one start for for Denver is um, is in danger. I mean, they'll probably be four and one after this coming week because they're playing the Steelers. But uh, it's it's probably from there. It's not going to get very much better for them, I don't think, because they do have I mean, like. They do have the Chargers, Raiders, and Chiefs still yet to play in all of their games, right? Like they've got Twice. six. Yeah, they have six divisional round games against possibly the most terrifying division for anyone that doesn't have a quarterback anymore. Do you not think it's crazy? Heavy. 
we need you. <laughs> I think it's crazy that Ben Roethlisberger's present is also Drew Locke's present. <laughs> oh. Hey, that's fine because Drew Locke's future is also Ben Roethlisberger's present. <laughs> CFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> you know, because now be, I'm going to take you up on a. They will be on the team that's booked in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it is October. I just wanted to tell a short horror story. I know. <laughs> I saw. Uh, I mean, we may as well quickly go on to. Uh, we may as well make the lateral move um, onto the Steelers game. I saw a tweet that was. Uh, it was like one of those like name a horror story in six words, and it was the Steelers offense takes the field, and that made me chuckle. <laughs> and it happened <laughs> just as Ben Roethlisberger threw the awful pick to Anthony Stokes. So. Um, Eric Stokes. Eric, Eric Stokes, Stokes, sorry, yeah, I'm thinking of the fucking Celtic forward. You're thinking of the English <laughs> cricketer. I am. Oh. Before you get onto that, I'm a bounce. Alright. Enjoy, Sam. He said he's done. on a G Men. Yeah. He you has no me? need for this platform anymore. <laughs> That's all I'm here for. <laughs> Alright. Right. Give us a G Men to see him out. Oh, G Men! That was a weird inflection. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Now, wait, wait. What is now can you inflict on the the first? <laughs> Alright, now do the emphasis on men. The demon! <laughs> yeah. That one's my favourite. I enjoyed that one the most, yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. Alright. See you later, dude. See you later, big dog. I feel like, uh, to say that we have, like, pretty much consistent hosts every week. We have the highest turnover of hosts leaving before the end of the show is even finished. I yeah, think we also people... have them arriving. Well, yeah. We just sort of have like guys show up on random intervals, have guys leave at random intervals. It's great. Yeah, I think in and out. Yeah, and the only one that's cool. never allowed to leave is me. It probably gives the listeners the sensation of being at a bar. <laughs> just like, oh, oh, here he is. <laughs> Which is funny actually, because most of us are, most of us drink beers while we're doing these, so it's it's fine. All right, but yeah, no, um, I'll, I'll let you take the reins on this one, Tom, because I think you're probably going to gain more catharsis from ranting about it than I am going to get from bragging about it. Yeah, there wasn't. Re- I wouldn't say that there was really very much to brag about anyway from the Packers. The Steelers just stink. Um. The game we thought they were. <laughs> the, I mean, to be fair, like we didn't know who they who we thought they would be this year. That was what well, the... we did. <laughs> well, we did. Did we? There was a lot of people that didn't have a clue because, like, if the O line had played well, then this could have been like, oh, Najee Harris would have like led the team to like being semi competent. Like the defense is still good. But holy shit, did it go wrong. It was like the worst possible outcome. Um, but anyway, yeah, let me, let me fucking. Whew. Last week against the Cincinnati Bengals, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers ran a fourth and ten halfback swing, wherein um, Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron both burst, uh, well, both burst across the field. Um, uh-huh. and, <laughs> and, uh, Najee Harris was, uh, Left to fend for his own. I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna unretire the bleep here. Why the f- are you fucking doing that again? But it didn't work last week. He said that. 
You said the same word twice. Why I know. Really... <laughs> Shut up a second. Well, the FCC is going to come down on us hard for that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fourth and f- fourth and five, and the Steelers run a f***ing halfback sweep to f***ing Najee Harris, and it doesn't work because we haven't f***ing set up for it, you morons! Jesus all... Christ! <laughs> Why can't all Steelers analysis just be the beep? <laughs> I like and and what made it worse is we went for it on fourth again after having yet another cowardly f-ing punt. We went for it on fourth again only to just do a drag route to Juju Smith-Schuster oh and have God. him like fight for his life trying to reach for a yardage line that he just couldn't see because the the throw was about a yard over the line of scrimmage. What a what an absolute joke. He earned my respect for reaching for that first down marker because he was a good eight foot short of it. <laughs> it legitimately, like, and Juju Smith-Schuster was probably one of the angriest players that I've ever seen on the sidelines, apart from guys that get into fistfights with their teammates or coaches. He, uh, on a missed overthrow from Ben Roethlisberger that was bad, he had ten, he had ten steps on his guy. He was wide open, he was about ten yards off the end zone. Ben overthrew him with zero touch in a clean pocket because the Packers were rushing three and it's it, like our offensive line was like reasonably fine at dealing with three because who wouldn't be and Juju still gets a beat on his man and Roethlisberger still overthrows him and this happened twice it happened once in the first half when we were already up by uh, it was 7-7 apologies apologies we scored on the opening drive with a beautiful play to Deontay Johnson, and uh, I think that the only reason why Jair Alexander got burned is because he wasn't expecting Deontay Johnson to get a target because he wasn't four yards off the line of scrimmage, and Ben Roethlisberger wasn't a complete fucking bum for the first five minutes. But all of a yeah, sudden, Deontay it just... Johnson took four steps off the line of scrimmage, and Jair like like sat down on the root. And they kept going and be like, oh, shit. Yeah, and <laughs> the same thing happened on the Juju play. Like, the Steelers actually set up for the Juju play because um, I don't know who the slot corner was on the exact play um, was, but he, like, went to close out, like, Eric Ebron on, like, a little dump-off route. That, that would have been, like, remotely fine if it wasn't, like, four weeks of setting up these plays. But you got to at least hit them. You gotta hit them in the hands, and then it just oh it did. The thing that people are gonna remember most from this game, and it was a ten point game, and there's a ten point swing in one blown offsides call. But as Ed said, with the missed holding on Adam Thielen, the Steelers did not deserve to win this game offensively, and it was an absolute fucking omni shambles. And do you know what was the worst part? Is that well, not the worst part. The worst part is everything that happened pretty much around this point. But uh, when uh, we needed like one yard on a third and one, we somehow randomly brought Benny Snell into the game for absolutely no reason. Benny Snell's had four targets, has dropped every single one of them. He's had one carry this game and went for zero yards. He's had like five carries this season and has got like two net rushing yards. What was the point in having Najee Harris in the backfield for all of the other downs and not having like 
any game plan for him to be blocked for if you're just going to bring in Benny fucking Snell. I, I, I have a lot of interactions with Steelers Twitter because of sort of naturally being friends with Tom. And one of the best interactions with Steelers fans arguing about how underused Kalen Bellage was. <laughs> it was it was legitimately like people genuinely have resorted to like, what is the point in having Benny Snell here? Why do we not just use the guy that has at least once picked up four yards? And do you know remember what the days the, I remember the days where you were high on Benny Snell. I mean, like, this was when Benny Snell was, like, a, a potentially promising rookie and we had, like, a reasonable offensive game plan and our offensive line knew how to block. What the fuck is going on here? And Matt Canada, uh, funnily enough, said in in, uh, in the pregame that, um, oh, uh, we are not going to do anything different this week, as though it was going to be, like, some kind of, we just need to execute better thing. But he worded it like that. And boy, did it show, because when we're playing the exact same fourth and medium play that didn't work against the Bengals and didn't work here on fourth down and burying Najee Harris, because out of, like, I know that we've just said about, like, Jalen Hurts is the least likely or the least eye test compared to box score matching guy, but I think I'm going to make a point here for Najee Harris, because... 15 carries, 62 yards, and 6 receptions for 29 yards with one rushing touchdown. I can guarantee you that with a competent scheme or with a competent O-line, Najee Harris would be an absolutely unplayable running back. He is hit behind the line of scrimmage 70% of his attempts. That is not on him. That is on the offensive line. That is on us not being able to stretch the safeties out of the box because our passing game doesn't work, because our quarterback doesn't have an arm, and because we've been fooled by Tom Brady being 43 and being able to throw. But Ben Roethlisberger has been taking hits that Tom Brady never took for his entire career. Obviously, this was going to be a, a scenario that would have had to be pl- like planned for. And the fact that we didn't even consider putting Mason Rudolph in, who my complaints about ben- Mason Rudolph... And Ed's complaints as well are that he doesn't have pocket presence, he's got concrete in his shoes, and his touch on his sort of short and medium passes is a little bit wayward. But what the fuck are we watching Ben Roethlisberger for? He has concrete feet, he doesn't have pocket presence, the O-line isn't there, and what's worse is he doesn't have a deep ball that Mason Rudolph has, and he doesn't have any amount of respect for what Matt Canada's trying to call because he's just audibling out of it at the line of scrimmage and pulling some mother f***ing three yard slant that doesn't get, that doesn't work because he's overthrown him Max do you want to talk about the Packers briefly uh, yeah if I can just hit on that um, some teams uh, have a makeshift offensive line but make do uh, <laughs> and it, it helps like the the Packers came out and they had the trademark Shanahan tree outside zone run game in this game. Um, they got an awful lot out of AJ Dillon, um, who kind of he was just like four yards in a cloud of dust in the Steelers all day. Um, they couldn't really stop.
stop him from from on the run game. Aaron Jones didn't play much, but he um, had picked. I think he was he had limited practice during the week, so they might have been being cautious with him. Um, on that dump off pass to Harris that that has got Tom vexed. Uh, Jair Alexander actually got injured, and it's an AC joint sprain. And Matt Lafleur wouldn't say in his press conference like whether that meant like it well, was done for the season or what. So that an, is an AC joint injury. Is you? It's not an ACL. It's in the shoulder. So it's usually like week to week. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think it. I think it might be. It might if it's a separation. Then obviously he might need to hit the IR. But he he's a guy that the Packers really can't afford to lose. I mean. Kevin King was injured as well, like whatever that's worth. So they're gonna need a big one from old Anthony Stokes. And but I suppose if they need a corner, they can always they can always put Randall Cobb in. I mean, he had a nice pass breakup in this game. <laughs> Devontae Adams, so that's nice. But I think the Packers, um, the Packers' offensive is just like, yeah, pound the ball with Dylan and Jones, and then just let Aaron Rodgers sort of be like an like not like a yardage machine, but just like an assassin basically just like hitting guys so yeah i don't know i didn't know much about the packers in this one it was another win that it was a game that they should definitely should have won um and yeah the outside zone run really helps obviously they're, they're missing elton jenkins and david Bakhtiari, who are two of the better linemen probably two yeah, of the better linemen in football frankly yeah. um but they, they're managing to to negate it by having that run game the outside zone run game is really helpful and just getting the ball out quickly because it's more dependent on scheme than player talent. So, yeah, on to the next one, I suppose. I think the Packers are now probably clear favourites for the division, even with their injuries, but I don't know. It could fall apart. <laughs> it's fallen apart before. It could fall apart again. All right. Let's, um, let's, let's find some more joy right now and let's, uh, let's talk about a team who are the last unbeaten team in the whole NFL, the Arizona Cardinals. 4-0 and start. The Rams didn't have an answer for what Kyler Murray and his uh, impressive abilities were cooking up. 37-20. to 20. Oh my goodness, are the Arizona Cardinals no. a, a legitimate Super Bowl contender maybe? Do you know what's brilliant about Kyler Murray? He's... Just like the big man, yeah, we know. Seems impervious to pressure up the middle. Yeah, he, oh my he I think he God. actually I think he might be the only quarterback in the entire NFL where you can't use that cliched remark about. You know how people say like, oh like they said it about like Prime Roethlisberger and they say it about like Mahomes is like, Oh, you it's so hard to sack. Right? I was watching the Rams linemen chase around after Kyler Murray and I was like, I don't even know what you do about that. Like he's just <laughs> a different breed, right? And and yeah, I'd like to... I mean, obviously, we can credit the Cardinals, but let's really give credit where it's due to me because I hung <laughs> onion and I was the only person who picked the Cardinals in this game. Um, and it... I mean, it was a romp. Like, they they gave the Rams, like, a thrashing, frankly. Like, I mean... Uh, my, my concern about the Cardinals is still, like, they've been in- inconsistent in the past because Kyler Murray's not got a big stature and he has gone hurt and it's affected his play in the past and that's still a concern because he hasn't grown like over the off season so yeah that that's um going to be something to watch but if they don't 
if they can keep him healthy and he's avoiding these big hits, my God, they're, they're getting big production out of AJ Green, Rondale Moore. I mean... Chase Edmonds had a great game here today as well. Yeah, exactly. And the Rams are no lollipop. Like The Rams came in into this game, they were probably, you were thinking of them as one of the NFC favourites. And mm-hmm. the Cardinals walked into their building, hadn't beat them in eight games and just dropped an absolute hammer. So I saw a, uh, a, I think I might have heard it elsewhere, but um, this is the first time that Sean McVay has ever lost to the Arizona Cardinals. So um, right now Matt Stafford yeah. has uh, turned his team around, but also it means that he's not got the Jared yeah. Goff level to... Uh, Consistently he's beat the Arizona Cardinals. From Cardinal beaters to Cardinal losers. So. Yeah, he's broken well, the Cardinal is... sin. I think that. <laughs> oh, I didn't deserve that. Um, I think while we're on the subject, though, we should probably because he get he's had a lot of stick. I think that maybe um, Cliff Kingsbury deserves a bit of praise. Yeah, this will be his first winning season if they can keep this up. He's had Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and Kyler Murray as his quarterback. Not praised. Steve Kime deserves some praise, frankly, because um, the Cardinals haven't changed their offensive philosophy. They just went out this offseason. I mean, like, and they got the guys that they needed to to execute. Like, I mean, Rondo and Warren looks like a, a brilliant playmaker. One of my favorite tweets from the weekend was like, whenever Kyle throws to Rondo, it looks like he's throwing it to himself. They both look very similar. <laughs> they might be one of the shortest, like, in terms of skill player core, like, one of the shortest in the league. And, um, yeah, like, obviously, Hopkins is still coming back from an injury, so he's going to return to form. There's a lot for them to look forward to. And um, I don't know. I mean, the NFC West is always a very entertaining division. Like, it's always any, any of them can beat any of them. So... We'll have to see. But at the moment, like, if you came up against the Cardinals in the playoff side, it, it, they feel like a buzzsaw right now. Do you remember uh, in Season 1, Ed, when the Bucks played the Cardinals and I said that um, these are two of the most fun teams to watch and it provided an incredibly fun game to actually watch? The Cardinals yeah. have basically just carried on doing exactly that. But for yeah. all of the rest of the time that we've been watching them, provided that Kyler Murray is their quarterback, like... When he is the guy in there, I will happily watch any Cardinals game. Um, but the thing that, like, I want to just quickly sort of touch upon is they have like. I, I, I'm sorry, can I dive in very quickly? Oh, absolutely. That was the game. Sneak in. That was the game. That reminds me the um, Bucks Cardinals game a few years ago with the triple option fake punt. Yes, it's still one of my favorite play designs of all time. Marvelous, yeah, and that's okay. the sort of ingenuity, but. Um, the Cardinals, like, how they've built their team is a weird combination of, like, they have the pieces to win now, but they have enough young talent and, like, they have enough, like, guys that could be here for a few years and not, like, demand, like, a huge contract or whatever, or they wouldn't have to pay ridiculous. Um, apart from Kyle I mean, Murray. James, but, James Conner had a couple of touchdowns in his game. I mean, yeah. And they got him on the on the cheap as well. So Yeah, exactly. And it's like um, they've built their roster about as well as anyone could have expected. Like, I know that we sort of, well, I sort of like mildly joked in the offseason, like, ha is the Arizona retirement home? Because like JJ Watt, Chandler Zones, AJ Green, etc. But they're, they're playing well. And the fact that they're almost like giving the younger Cardinals core 
time to gel in. Like, if they were coming into this season and having, like, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, it's a good receiver trio. But, like, AJ Green having that, like, experience as well, he's taken on the Larry Fitzgerald role, but with the actual physical skill there still. Like, I love Larry Fitzgerald for his technical ability, but last year he was not good for being an NFL-level player physically. Like, he was very much looking old. So AJ Green has almost, like, stepped into doing that exact role of just, like, mentoring some of these guys, and it's it's good. They have, like, a young core that they can rely on for a few years. But they also They're have not like even the old guys. Andy Isabella. <laughs> exactly. What I was going to bring up. I was going to say that actually because not to keep beating this drum, but like the Cardinals do have a, a few receivers who are um, a smaller of stature, got a bit of a history of injuries, like AJ Green. Rondell Moore had a couple of injuries in college as well at Purdue, and they're like one injury away. And when they want to run four wide receiver sets, and the fourth receiver is going to be Andy Isabella, or as I like to call him, J. Joel West, because when you search up Andy Isabella on Google, the stat that it gives you is combined tackles. <laughs> when I, so, de- again, when that's I, an issue, but like, don't worry about it right now. Just enjoy the show. We'll move on from this game after this. But Tom, do you remember when I had the weird offense on Madden? I think it was like Madden nineteen or twenty. I remember and it was. Alan Murray's rookie season, Max, and I um I brought in Philip Rivers on a uh, as a what do you call it um Clipboard free agent holder. Oh, <laughs> no! And I used to run. Um, I used to split Murray out wide if Rivers was under center, and then I used to have Murray in the shotgun. Uh huh. And it was absolutely brilliant. And I got Kyler Murray to a ninety overall. No, Andy Andy Isabella to a ninety three overall. Wow. I mean, John John Harbaugh, don't let him get that, because he will absolutely steal that idea. <laughs> right. I can't think of many more games. Is it just is it just Monday Night Football to go? Three? Uh, we have three Jesus more. Jesus Christ. My, oh, computer's like, my computer's mildly, like, frozen-ish, so if it's not cut out, but, Ed, if you want to just introduce uh, the next game of the 49ers Seahawks. The next game is the 49ers Seahawks. Go Hawks. <laughs> it finished um, 28 to 21. It finished 28 to 21. It was a, um, I mean, it, it was a get right game for for the Seahawks and they kind of needed it. Oh my God. They they needed it so badly because after the first quarter, they had negative offensive yardage. And you're thinking like, is this the end <laughs> like of, of the Seattle Seahawks as we know them? Because... They were having that kind of game where you're thinking, is everyone going to get fired? <laughs> like, are they going to get left on the tarmac here? And they recovered really well. And yeah, th- as per usual for the Seattle Seahawks, they got an absolutely unbelievable play out of Russell Wilson, who I think he dodged. There was a blitzing defensive back. And then I think maybe Nick Bosa was there. He spins out of that somehow, and he throws an absolute peach of a ball to the front corner of the end zone for a touchdown and then when you saw that it was like oh yeah still the Seahawks right like I mean what you've was... got to remember about that is he was just using his blitz radar Madden X Factor you know <laughs> highlights the first blitz in DP sorry I'm going it's, um, it's, yeah. it's a useful skill to have and on the on the 49ers side of the ball um, 
Jimmy G gets hurt. Trey Lance comes in and just looked vastly unprepared. There was a point where he was like one of four for 76 yards on touchdown because the Seahawks forgot Debo Samuel existed. Mm-hmm. Like he had the whole half of the field to himself. Got a 76 yard touchdown, which lost me a fantasy matchup. Thank you very much, Seattle. Um, so, yeah, the, the, like I said, it's, it's like a classic NFC West game. Like, going in, I know I picked the Seahawks, but I, I could have easily picked the, the 49ers. Like, they're probably both two wild card to divisional caliber playoff teams, right? So, this one could have gone either way. The Jimmy Garoppolo injury at first, because it was a bit ineffective in the first half, at first I was like, oh yeah, injury. But um, turns out it does seem to be a genuine week-to-week injury. So, well, I don't know, we'll they, get to see Trey Lance, but he didn't really do a good advertisement for himself for this game. I mean, Shanahan did say that Garoppolo's the starter again when he shakes off the injury, so I'm not sure how I feel about that. Why did Nagy and it's Shanahan not, not do like this? It's not like the Andy Dalton thing to me because Jimmy Garoppolo has played well. Like at times this year, as Dalton didn't really show us anything, and and Trey Lance looked, I don't know, unprepared. Like when, what I would say about Trey Lance is once he gets running like outside of the pocket, doesn't he look like the, he looks like the spitting image of Colin Kaepernick? Like just the length that he has and the gait. I think uh, it was like a total flashback. I was like, oh yeah, I was like, oh, I'm watching the 2012 divisional round here, but. I think, yeah, he's weird. No, I think he yeah. shares a lot of traits naturally with Kaepernick. Like he's very, very good as like a play action passer as well. Like that's his bread and butter, which is weird. Exactly. And I would have been fascinated to see what uh Shanahan would do with Peak Kaepernick. So I'm um, I'm interested to see what Trey Lance can cut because they I'm sure they'll have a game plan for him. Like they didn't have a plan for him in this game. Like maybe there's a package with him on the field, but he hasn't been taken first team reps. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't he looked like he did know the playbook. To be fair, like I don't know. So a lot of a lot of development on that side. To tease to tease Friday's episode, I will say we were. I think we will be getting on a very very conflicting Trey Lance point to me and our guest on Friday. So look forward to that, listeners. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the final two games. We're going to go to Sunday night football first. The return of Tom Brady to New England. But, dun, 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 but the mild coming out dun, dun, dun. game of Mac Jones as well. Um, 17 to 19, Buccaneers take the victory. The Patriots made some weird play calls right at the end of the game and all, and tried to have Nick Falk kick a game winning field goal from 56 yards. They don't even bring him on the field for 50 plus yard kicks anyway, in the swirling wind, in the rain. And it almost undid what was a very competent Mac Jones day. He looked he more Tom Brady than Tom Brady, if I'm being completely honest. He finished with about 19 straight completions, didn't he? Something like that? Yeah, I th- well, I think it included the one pass from Jacoby Myers as well. Well, he had two passes, but one of those 19 straight completions was Jacoby Myers. So um, It was really like the green shoots of hope weekend, because we saw quite a lot of step forwards and like return to forms of different players in this this weekend yeah, yeah yeah mac jones was just like josh mcdaniels had a really good game plan in place for him just getting the ball out quickly like first reads um and the the bucks in this game carlton davis got hurt and antoine Win- winfield jr left with a concussion so they are severely 
lacking depth now i mean they've got richard sherman who's come in and i think they've oh my god they had someone in the in the practice squad come up who i was like holy crap he's on the who was it who the i know um, the guy i know the guy you mean um i want to say adrian but i know that's not adrian Adrian. (laughs) i think is jamel dean maybe hurt yeah, Jamel Dean's hurt, Carlton Davis is hurt, Sean Murphy Bunting's hurt. They're their top three corners. Yeah. And I, th- I think prob- uh, Antoine Winfield like finished out the game, but I, I'm seeing like weird reports. I don't know if I'm like just seeing them out of like uh, hopeful rival fans Twitter or whatever, but like I'm seeing reports that like maybe he left the game early, but I can't really verify that. I know that he had a pick, but the book secondary is like Oh, Torched Pierre Chazier right is what I was thinking of. The, the oh, problem, yeah. the problem with the problem with Richard Sherman is he's an incredibly poor fit for the Bucks. Like he's a slow zone corner now. The team that plays a lot of man. I mean, he's a good fit for the Bucks because he's a warm body. That <laughs> <laughs> That's true, I guess. I, I mean, guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. Obviously, did he, I probably only got a one-year deal. I would assume so. He really is just like a a band-aid guy there, but it is a concern because the pass rush with JPP and Shaq Barrett isn't where it was last year. Like they're not the group that we saw absolutely hounding um, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So when they don't have that, they're getting a little bit exposed on the on the on the back end, but. Like well, the, the saving grace at the moment is that teams don't even try and run on them anymore because their run defense is probably the stoutest in the league. Yeah, I and mean, the Patriots again, they didn't try and run. So the Patriots, I think, um, Damian Harris had four, well, negative four yards on the day. Um, I'm so glad I benched him in a couple of my leagues. Like, I think it is fairly safe to say that, like, if you try and pass on the books, you might have a a decent shot. It's just you can't you physically cannot move the ball on the ground against them. Um like their line their linebacker combo, their fronts like their front four, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Joe Tryon Trink had a, a sack in this game as well, I think. So he had two. he's coming along nicely. Two. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um to me, Belichick really bold. I mean, is very much this is like the ultimate hindsight is twenty twenty decision to make because I mean Folk had the he, he had the leg like it had the distance it just it, it was like the loudest dunk I've heard for a while um like yeah I don't know the way that Mac Jones was playing was like um yeah you would have assumed that they'd be able to get a short completion but what it told me is that Belichick doesn't trust Mac Jones yet like he, he would if, if, if he'd had Brady there's no doubt that they would have gone for it, probably. Um, because even if they had made the field goal, Brady's coming back with 50 seconds, two timeouts to try and to try and answer. So, yeah, I don't think Belichick trusts um, Mac Jones. He, like, I don't think he thinks he's seeing the game as well as he could be. So, I think Which it's... Is, I mean, that is it's the Mac Jones experience, isn't it? Game. <laughs> yeah. I will just say this before we move on. Conti- Jacoby Myers is the next one. Just another converted quarterback that the Patriots have. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think I heard like Todd Bowles said um, before the game that 
They knew that they knew of Jacoby Myers's like quarterback history. They knew of him like they knew of Belichick probably having like some players drawn up. Jacoby Myers had two completions on two attempts with forty five yards. Like they I'll tell you what though, he's, he's no Mohamed Sanu. They didn't execute it properly. Yeah, but they he is no Mohamed Sanu who just the Patriots absolutely just love having a guy that used to play quarterback every fucking year. It's it's like crazy. We're gonna see KJ uh, KJ Hamler. I mean, <laughs> Kendall is, Kendall Hinton. That's the one. The Broncos, oh, yeah. by the way, have so many injuries that Kendall Hinton was playing for them against the Ravens. Ouch. <laughs> okay. Um, just quickly, uh, I want to pose a hypothetical for you. Um, uh-huh. The Patriots are currently one and three right now, same record as the Jets and Dolphins. Um, yeah, is that funny? Because I was told that the AFC East was going to be really competitive this year. <laughs> I was also told that exact same uh, same thing. Maybe we've been conned here, but uh... if everyone's crap, then I guess it's still competitive. Well, I mean, yeah, this, this is my sort of point here. Like, do any of these teams have enough to, enough to get back to five hundred? Like, based off of what we've seen. Maybe 500, maybe, but they're certainly... I mean, the AFC is so overpowered. If any one of those three makes the playoffs, it'll be very much against the run of play. Oh, God, there's no chance of any of them making the playoffs. And this is where someone someone cues me saying that and then plays it back to me forever in Week 17. I think the AFC... Ooh, maybe. I mean, I mean you've got all of the AFC, AFC West and the Browns and Ravens. Whoever doesn't make it out of those two is going to I don't also... know. Cause like we said, the Broncos, have, the Broncos have so many injuries right now. I'm not I'm not convinced. So yeah, but the Ravens, maybe if the, the Chargers. If you, go, if you go 9 and 8, you might get it. But do, can they go 9 and 8 is a different question. But like, are they, they, they could get into the playoffs. I don't think any of them deserve to be right now. That was my point, really. But but the Patriots the Patriots deserve to the Patriots can feel good about what they saw from Mac Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Right, anyway, let's move on to the final game of week four where Justin freaking Herbert went and balled out in typical fashion. Against the Raiders, twenty eight to fourteen win in SoFi Stadium with the weird half finished end zones. Ugh. And uh, I mean this. This was the first game that I got out of Austin Eckler as uh, as the running back in in one of my fantasy leagues, and it ended up winning me my uh, my matchup this week. So I was I was Trey Mucho. Uh, I don't uh-huh. I don't know Spanish, but uh, I do appreciate what Austin Eckler was able to do here. But Justin Herbert, man. Anyone that expected Justin Herbert to be at this level, I know that we will always hype him up, but anyone that expected him to be at this level this early on is uh, deserving of a gold medal because a lot of people were doubting him before the draft. A lot of people were saying two or over Justin Herbert. He has been I was expecting him to still be sitting at this point. Like, he... We all knew he had the talent at Oregon, but like the actual, the actual convert, yeah. I he, don't he know. Flashed. He, he just never like I. 
I watched a few Oregon games when he was there, and I, I never was once like, wow, man, this guy's... Because they just didn't use him. They yeah. didn't know how to use... They didn't know what they had. Um, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the athletic gifts were on display. Like, he could slang it and he could run with it, but it was Oregon. So he, he never really put the team on his back, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We, we know that he's probably... I don't know, let's just say that... I don't know, he's probably the best quarterback in this division at this point. Um, chances are, so... Uh, wow! Ooh, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I mean Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> is in this analytic wunderkind. <laughs> oh, yeah, hell. honestly, like um, I I really actually I, I really love Justin Herbert. I mean, like Mike Williams has been brilliant up to this point in the season. He he barely he had one catch for eleven yards in this game, but they didn't need him because they were getting plays out of guys I've never heard of in my life. Yeah. I think they had a, a big catch from a guy called Stephen Anderson who. Who is that? I, mean, I don't Donald, know. I mean, Derek had a couple of big ones. Donald Parham had a, a, had a couple of catches in this game. Keenan Allen just... turned into like the perfect short wide, like short yardage wide receiver. No, no, he didn't, because the perfect short yardage wide receiver was on the other team. Well, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. But um, just a, an all around uh, ass whooping, really, from the Chargers. Not to say that. I don't think that the Raiders even played like poorly. It's just that it's... I think they. I think it's established a, a hierarchy in that division. Yeah, that game. There it's... was a point there where the Raiders looked like they were coming back into it, and mm-hmm. just, like w- watching the Chargers for years, you're like, oh my god, they're gonna blow this. They managed to right the ship and and put, I think put up another score or two. So, um, yeah. they they sort of just cruised and. I'd tell you the Chargers and the Chiefs. The, I'm really looking forward to the, the the return because the first game is brilliant. The return leg of that is going to be. I guess you don't have return legs in the NFL, but it's going to be fantastic to watch. And yeah, for the Raiders, for what they're worth, I think they're still probably a playoff team. Um, the Chargers defensively had a had a good answer for them, whereas, I mean, they put up 400 yards in every game this year. So, for the Chargers to come out and stifle them, hold them to 14 points. Here's a uh, yeah. here's a little interesting tidbit, by the way. Speaking of the Chargers' defense, because that's an underrated aspect of why they've been so good this year. They're they're three and one right now. Um, they whenever they play anyone so far the, through this season, they have kept them to their statistically worst game in all four games. They kept everyone to their lowest points of the season. They've kept everyone to their lowest total yards, lowest passing yards, lowest rushing yards. Um, oh no, sorry, not the lowest rushing yards because uh, the Raiders had one game that was worse. But they they keep everyone to their worst game, and I think it might be because the the Chargers defense. I I've been I've been preaching that Derwin James when he gets healthy is one of the most like takeover safeties in the NFL. Just purely from the perspective of what do you do against him? He has a whole side of the field almost where you just don't go there. It's a no-fly zone for Derwin James. And he proved I mean, it again he actually, here. He actually got burnt on a deep scene by Henry Ruggs and then just decided that no, he wasn't going to be beaten anymore and then just became the best player on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, like Henry Ruggs gets one on basically like every one of the best safeties in, in football, but like... The fact that 
Derwin James then shut him down for the sort of rest of the game on any of those deep shots. That that tells a lot to me, and I I, I love watching the Chargers defense do things. Brandon Staley has coached a phenomenal team. Um, they are they are dangerous, and I I'm jumping on the bandwagon that Max jumped on in week one. Of uh, I'm now just rooting for the Chargers this year, so. Um, Expect to hear no further Steelers takes out of me and expect to hear nothing but pure charges for this season alone, baby. <laughs> They're the team that, when things aren't looking so hot, it's like, you know, the charges are sort of turning my head a bit. <laughs> <laughs> They've got the nicest uniforms to play at one of the nicest looking, sta- well, like looking internal stadiums. They got just beautiful football being played and they got a damn good quarterback. I love to see it. No, but things are just... Things are just all getting back together before they fall apart. That's oh, my, that's still my fear. <laughs> can I can I make a couple of Raiders points? Absolutely. First of all, the, my yeah, my biggest point on the, my biggest takeaway from this game, even more than the Chargers were, is if I were in charge of building a franchise, I would be doing whatever I can to get Hunter Renfro in the building. Oh god! Really? Yeah, seriously. Seriously, there is no there is no greater short yarded receiver in the NFL right now. There is no well, uh, uh, like a cornerstone of the franchise. You would choose a, a short yardage receiver. Yes, you choose Hunter Renfro over Justin Jefferson. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but when it comes so that it, it, it's undone. Well, anyway, did you, <laughs> did you guys did you guys see the play he made on special teams in this game? Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, did you see the did you see the routes that he was running to beat man coverage every time? Yeah, that's all right. My second point about this: Did you know that the um, the Raiders have no cornerbacks now above six foot that are healthy on the squad? Ooh, Ooh. that hurts. Ow. Ouch. In this division, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, in fairness, like outside of Mike Williams, like most of the guys are pretty short anyway. Really, so. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, they need fast guys, I suppose, more than they need tall guys. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have to defend against Tyreek Hill, then you just need <laughs> pace. That's all you need. Good job, Damon Arnett's neither. Oh, yeah, exactly. Damon Arnett had one of the sort of worst games that I've ever seen out of like a starting cornerback. Like, Casey Haywood, I felt, played pretty well in this game. Um, in his sort of like return to uh, playing against the Chargers, but uh, holy, holy moly, Damon Arnett! Hey, you've clearly not seen any Brashad Brillen tape this year. I haven't. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I haven't. So <laughs> in this division, right, the, the Chargers and the Chiefs are clear, and then it's the Raiders, and then it's really the Broncos at this point. So the fact that all yeah, three teams to... are well, sorry, no. The fact that the Chiefs are currently still stone dead last with a two and two record, and everyone else is three and one. Like the Chiefs will obviously recover. They just had like a bit of a iffy start, and their defense is still garbage. They can have a losing record again next week, by the way. Playing Buffalo, I mean, anything's possible. But um, to me, the the Chargers are. Oh, I don't want to say it because it's gonna. The Chargers are Super Bowl contenders. Ah, we've got it! We've got him putting his neck out on the line! 
This is where this is where absolutely everything goes horribly wrong. He's not putting my neck out on the line to say this. Of course, they're Super Bowl contenders. They've got everything you would need. They've got an above-average defense. They've got a great passing attack, a decent run game. Of course, they. But they're gonna lose four consecutive games on blocked punts. (laughs) But of course, they're contenders. I'm not saying they're guaranteed to be in the Super Bowl. the Chargers could be winning by 25 points with eight minutes left of the AFC Championship game, and I wouldn't pencil them into the Super Bowl. Who's you a, never know. Here's a question. Uh, how pissed off will Phil Rivers be if um, the Chargers go to the Super Bowl with Justin Herbert in, like... It'll be hacked off, not pissed off. It'll be hacked off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Those poor high school kids are going to get an absolute rollick in <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think Philip Rivers. I think um, there are Chargers teams with Rivers who are very similar to this Chargers team with Herbert, and equally terrible fates befell them. So fingers crossed. I think as a podcast, we can say oh, thoughts and prayers for the Chargers. Nothing wrong with them; they're just the Chargers. All right. Well, it's been an absolute blast. Um, stay well clear. We'll uh, we'll be back at some point this weekend with. Uh, as Ed alluded to, a brand new guest who will be showing his faces all the way from Cincinnati. And uh, we hope that everyone has an absolutely lovely week. We'll see you later on. Yeah, have a lovely time, everyone. Peace out.